Now recording. Hello, can you hear yourself? You can. Now we can talk. That's right. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, Brett, it's all about can I hear myself talking? That's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, important things. <laughs> Welcome to Dad's Meat World, your weekly podcast that brings you the goodness of 90s boy meets world with two dads. This week, I'm rocking the mic as dad number one. I am Brett. And on the other end of my screen, I am a grocer. I'm a son of a grocer. (laughs) Now you say that with some pride in your voice. Sorry, that's right. I invented CNN. <laughs> That's right. It's Tyler on the other end. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. I'm Tyler. I'm dad number two. I'm the pooper scooper this week. All I'm here to do is make jokes. Oh, that'd be a quick week for us then. I'll just talk. You make jokes and we'll be in and out in a cool 20 minutes. How's that sound? <laughs> I'll make it 22. All right. <laughs> Well, welcome in, Tyler. How is, uh, it's been a while since I saw you. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Long time, Brett. I mean, I just, I can't think of what's new in my life since I've seen you last. I mean, you just, there's so much to get into that just, it's impossible. I know. It's just ridiculous. Good looking people. Uh, I haven't seen Tyler in like four days. Four days. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, we, uh, it was funny because we left and immediately my brain started going to, I wonder where we're going to go next. Let's just start thinking about it. (laughs) Oh, yes, we were driving home and all of a sudden we get a text message with a link to another vacation property and Kelly's like, is he sending us ideas for next year already? (laughs) Might as well. Next year, six months, who cares? There we go. Yeah. Well, I think Although, the kids enjoyed did you, vacation. Did you like the thing that Sarah sent you? I uh, uh, which one? <laughs> I got uh, like three things. There was a thing about a adventure place. I don't think I've looked at that one yet. Ah, <laughs> uh, you should. It looks quite fun. I will. Well, good-looking people. Yeah. Uh, last episode, you got to hear us record in person. And uh, this episode, we're back to our normal recording across state lines. Oh, yes. No one likes this version. (laughs) Go back to the old format. This is the old format. (laughs) This is the 49 episodes format. (laughs) Tyler, what's what's going on this week? (laughs) Well, my mother-in-law has decided to visit us and... uh, it's been going pretty good. She's actually in the other room, so I got to be careful what I say. Oh. But everybody knows that when people stay with you, no matter how much you love them and how appreciative you are, you just can't find anything ever. And <laughs> you can't blame them because they don't know where things are supposed to go. But also, like, you will move things yourself. And so today, I swear, I went around looking for everything. I'm like, I can't find anything. I don't know where anything is. <laughs> but again. Not her fault. It's more of a me thing. <laughs> but also still getting back from vacation. Like there's still like bags that have like vacation things in. And we're like, 
where is the bag? Like, where where are our things? Mm-hmm. So it's all that fun transition of coming back into real life that makes things more fun. Yeah, yeah. We're, How we are you, Brent? Got, oh, we we still got uh, at least two of my children have not unpacked yet. Um, the third one did because uh, band camp started today, so he needed clean clothes, and he asked me yesterday, wow. like. 10 o'clock hey do i have any clean shorts downstairs like well only if you brought them down to be cleaned um (laughs) see that's not the one i was expecting to be clean (laughs) but uh actually today was a big day good looking people because my eldest has turned sweet 16 that's right (laughs) wait she's still awake she is yes Tell her to get down here. I need to say her happy birthday. <laughs> I will try to catch her because uh, we actually took her out for a little bit of uh, birthday dinner tradition in our house. The birthday child gets to pick where they go. Of and, course. Uh, so we went and did a little Japanese dinner. And then afterwards, our big birthday present this year was... Uh, phone upgrade and uh abby has been a very much android person the last few years and this year abby has joined the ranks of the apple crowd so currently as we record yes (laughs) currently as we record she is upstairs uh getting her new uh iphone set up so uh, i've texted her to invite her down uh uh, so we'll see if she actually gets the message or if she's too busy setting it up. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Yeah. So you'll be able to uh, FaceTime her without having to go through a third party app if you want to. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. So that means the next time we actually do, we have her come on. It's not going to be in a faulty, uh, really crappy computer that she'll be able to actually use her device. That's right. <laughs> well, good. Because nothing was worse than making a bunch of really corny jokes and not being able to tell how much we were embarrassing her. Oh, no. Nothing is worse than that. You need to see exactly. the embarrassment. You need to feel of all it. the problems in the world, that is the worst. <laughs> well, if we don't get to actually say anything to her live on air, happy birthday, Abby. You're not allowed to get older. I'm very upset. I'm very angry. <laughs> yes, we showed her a, a message that you uh, sent out on your Facebook when she was eight, and she was very touched by that, I think. so. Oh, I, like, I did not put anything out today, so I don't know if I can handle that, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, good looking people. I think uh, unless Abby comes down and uh, gets my message, unless she comes down to join me in the booth, so to speak, I think we'll move right on into the episode and uh, we'll go from there. I think we should. It's a wise choice. Yes. So today or tonight, whenever you're listening, we're going to look at the 19, 19 million. Oh, it's a little early. Sorry. A little bit bit early. We're going to look at the 22nd episode of season two. This is career day. Uh, Career day. Yes. It is career day at the high school. Everyone has a parent visit the class to explain their occupation. Corey's dad, Alan, is embarrassed to give a speech about being a grocer, and he succeeds in boring the class. 
Sean's father, Chet, makes a surprise appearance and steals the show. Later, Chet tells Sean some bad news. His mother, Verna, has run away with their trailer this time. And And he has lung cancer. (laughs) Chet is preparing to go after her, leaving Sean behind to fend for himself. This episode was written by Matthew Nelson, directed by David Trainer, originally aired May 12th, 1995, and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of an even 8.0. Now, nice. as Tyler alluded to... 19 million. Vast emotional damage. Our brand new, our special event game show previously... Our uh, last episode enjoyed a 17.8 million uh, uh, Nielsen rating. Tyler is uh, 19 million. 19. Your- 19. How close am I? Tell me how close, Brett. I'm right on. Give you, me the showcase. You have lost the showcase. This only pulled in Thank a 15.1. God. Chet Hunter's how much? 15.1. How is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> 1995. We lost almost a full 3 million viewers from last week to this week. And this is the first appearance of Chet Hunter, finally. We're, we need to do a deep dive this season and find out why they had such a that two-month gap. Because clearly something bad happened around that time period. <laughs> and now it's affecting the amount of people watching the show. Mm. It's angering me so. Yeah, so I'd, I'd have to... Yeah, my my immediate memory doesn't remember anything from spring, early, yeah, late spring of 95. So I'd have to do some real, real uh, digging. That's what I'm saying. This is a mental note of do spend actual time <laughs> <laughs> researching yeah. and looking up what happened, Tyler. <laughs> All right. So, yes, uh, 15.1 million. Uh, so, yeah, fun there. That's but, disappointing. Uh, that is, yes. So Chet's first uh, Chet first appearance under the radar there, but let's let not not let that deter us. Let's uh, let's dive right into the teaser because it is career day in Mr. Turner's classroom. Hold up, hold up! Before <laughs> we even get into the episode, is okay. We need a head cannon this thing mm-hmm. because so often in Boy Meets World, either something is. It's always been happening at the school. It's a tradition at the school, or it's a brand new crazy idea that Mr. Turner is doing. It's mm-hmm. in his classroom, so maybe this is literally just his class that's doing career day. I mean, at my school, I remember us having a career day where they took one of the gyms and had a bunch of different careers throughout mm-hmm. the whole gym, and you could go to different booths and find out the different careers, you know what you needed to do to go into one of those things. And it's always generalized. Like, like you may have like a recruiter there and like their main goal was just to talk about, Hey, this is the career path to get to this place. Or you may have someone that's like, Hey, uh, this is a pastor. You know, this is the type of training you need to become a pastor or, you know, other different type of things like that. Like it wasn't always like as specific as like come work for this company, but sometimes it was. And other times it was, hey, this is a general job, you know, to look into. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that if this is one of those wacky brand new things that Turner is doing out of nowhere, I could understand Alan Matthews 
blowing it. But if he has ever done this before for Eric, there is no excuse why he fails as hard as he does. And genuinely, genuinely, I really feel like the writers let Alan down here. And I get Mm -hmm. that they had to have a story about him failing and not doing well. But Alan Matthews is a confident man. Mm hmm. So how did he walk into a, a school and just flub this much? All he had to do was literally yeah. bring in like a couple of 24 packs of slightly damaged pop and he would have won the day. He's got two teenage boys at home. He knows exactly how to connect with teenagers. He knows what they were like. <laughs> right. I don't I don't understand how he blew it this much. Yeah. Like, other than the, in the head canon of Alan Matthews had a really great idea and then it snuck up on him and then he had way too much in his head of what he wanted to do. So he couldn't focus necessarily. So it's just mm-hmm. the only way to overthink is like he overthought the whole thing instead of just being himself and, you know, talking about the career in general. It is possible that Leonard Spinelli is having another one of his weeks at the store. That's true. Oh, my gosh. Leonard Spinelli. Maybe he messed him up. Leonard Spinelli <laughs> wrote the cards for him. Mm-hmm. Let's blame Lenny. I like it. Let's blame Lenny. Oh, yeah. Come on. Come on over here. Sorry, my, I'm, your contact isn't in my phone yet, so it didn't give me the notification. That's fine. Go ahead and stick this in your ear. Okay. Hi, birthday girl. Hi. Come on Thank you. How do you feel to be 16? I don't feel 16. (laughs) Well, you are 16. I guess so. That appears to be what's going on. Yeah. Congratulations Mm -hmm. on joining iPhone. Yeah, I know. I I did so good. (laughs) Way to be a normie. I like it. (laughs) So, yeah. So we'll have to have you FaceTime into one of these chats eventually and give your thoughts and opinions again, as long as you actually look up things like you're supposed to. Yes, 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 I will. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. All right, good looking people. Please join me now singing. Oh, no. Abby, the Abby. Happy birthday. So everyone out there in the comment section, make sure you comment about uh, wishing her happy birthday. So go ahead. Here we go. One, two, three. A happy birthday to Abby. Happy birthday to you're now 16. Happy birthday, Abby, Abby, Abby. Happy birthday. Because it's your birthday here on Earth. Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sufficiently embarrassed? No. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. Halfway through I remembered, oh yeah, that's not what Eric did. And then I was like, I gotta transition into that. That uh, works. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You can go back to your iPhone now. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Is that all you need me yes, for? Yes, that was it. Okay. All right. So yeah. Leonard. I don't like that. <laughs> Leonard ruined this. And I, yeah, I had in my notes that I had serious questions about why, uh, why Turner was hosting a career day in his English class in for seventh or eighth grade anyway. So, so yes, Lenny was at fault. Let's make that our headcanon because. I, I yeah I, I had serious issues with Alan being this unprepared and self-conscious. Right. 
Like it, it genuinely feels like a different person is there. And maybe he has stage fright. Maybe mm-hmm. this is something he never knew. Like, even though he boxed in the Navy and he's a manager and he hold, he holds meetings with his employees, maybe just for some reason. Yeah, um, all, 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 all he's got is 22 different kinds of rice and coupons. I, that's not the Alan we've known for two seasons. Right. I mean, so, yeah, let's let's yeah. blame Lenny. Fire Lenny. Hashtag fire. Lenny. <laughs> yeah, I did like some I, I did like some of the interactions we had. Turner heads off Son's joke about summer vocation. And uh, yeah, that's kind of a fun moment. But we do get to see Jedediah Lawrence finally get a face to the name. The first Jedediah oh. Lawrence, <laughs> the one I wish we would have had throughout the whole series. But yeah, but if we had him through the hard times, would we have liked him? Uh, probably not. But uh... it's, <laughs> it's almost like it's able to be in this little weird universe of like the hippie years for him. And then he moves to Pittsburgh and becomes a different person. Yeah, he becomes the uh... in Pittsburgh. He kind of turns into more of a corporate Jedediah becomes Jed. But uh, anyway, Jedediah is a luthier, not a Lutheran, as uh, Sean (laughs) thinks. A luthier. He makes musical instruments. Jedediah is played by Peter Tork. This is the first of two times we will see him on Boy Meets World. We'll see him again next season. Uh, Sadly, he passed away in 2019. 20 credits to his name, acting-wise. California Dreams, Wings, King of Queens, Seventh Heaven, and many others. Most people will recognize him from his role with the monkeys. Back in... uh, Here we go. There we go, yes. Walk Walk down down the street. street. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, we're the monkeys. monkeys. People say the monkey around. We're too too busy singing. Okay, but uh, serious, Brett. Sorry, let's put my serious face on. With my serious face, I say uh, we. (laughs) Okay, but Jedediah, what happened to your bookstore? Yeah, what happened to the Rainbow Unicorn Fart Bookstore or whatever it was that uh, beat the Market Giant in softball, and they had to have rematches. I mean. So he's been unless a book. now granted he is he is kind of a hippie type of guy so it doesn't surprise me that he has multiple talents right well I was gonna say like unless like his wife actually like runs the business that could be Rhiannon's gig he, he just owns it and just kind of comes in and goes hey why don't you do this hey why don't you do that yeah the the instrument making could be his gig and the bookstore could be Rhiannon's gig right because but also like. For the way they make it seem as if, like, he's making guitars for, like, super famous people all the time. And you're like, what is he doing in Philadelphia? <laughs> and what is his daughter doing in a public school if he's making guitars for celebrities? Oh, yes. He's making guitars for Bruce Springsteen. I mean, a huge name in 95, still a huge name now. His Springsteen's name still carries cachet 30 years later. That's the kind of name that that Jedediah is making instruments for. I mean, if he's making guitars for that dude, what in the world is Tippy, as we find out, 
what is she doing in what we have determined to be a less than well-off public school system? Yeah. But justifies why she's able to go to New York for shopping. Yes, that's why she was able to go. Maybe he was it was a double it was a work trip. He was dropping off some instruments to to Bruce and yeah. Yes. Let's not let's not gloss over. We do learn of the tippy nickname. <laughs> yes, we do. And we get to revisit the growl. <laughs> we do. <laughs> yes, I do I do like that the two boys are kind of nervous and they're kind of worried and then you see uh Alan trying to give them a little preview of like hey this is what I'm going to be doing like going to bring some facts like can't wait like <laughs> and he's like excited about what he's going to present mm-hmm. and then just everyone kind of craps on him plus also um Jedi goes first and what, doesn't Turner do you, know what each person's doing? So, like, I feel like he Turner is really, as a host, is setting up everybody after Jedediah to fail. Seriously. I mean, how how do you – you can't follow the guy who makes guitars for rock and roll legend. Yeah. I mean, and not only makes them, but can play them very well. I uh, I do love that. I was like, well, yeah, he can make them, but can he play them? And he does. He's like, oh, boy. Yeah, crap. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, John there is just cutting everyone else off of the knees. It's yeah. it's not a good not a good look for anyone except Jedediah in that classroom. Yeah. I mean, it, it, <laughs> I mean, part of it is just the the show has to get into what's going on and Alan overthinking things and putting too much pressure on himself. And but yeah, in this situation, Turner is a really bad host and he's not doing anyone a favor, including the students. Yeah, he's really not. And he's just if this was Turner's deal and this is a new thing he's put together, he has really thrown this together haphazardly and he has not put any thought into this at all yeah this is like i needed to fill a hole in my schedule at the end of the year and i don't want to do another book let's do career day that's kind of what it feels like yeah and uh, i matthew nelson writer you lose credit you lose points in my head but uh, honest to goodness, anytime you say who the writers are, all I think I never hear them because all I think to myself is no matter what. Um, oh, crap. I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, <laughs> Michael Jacobs. Writer. Michael Jacobs. Yeah. At the end of the day, he is the one that's truly dictating all the things that's happening oh, yeah. and all the ways that people are interacting. Well, he's, in so, like, he's in charge of everything that goes in front right. of the camera. So like regardless of who is on the writer ticket, um, at the end of the day, like he's the one that approves everything happening. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's just so annoying. regardless of how we got here, we've got Alan deer in the headlights, uh, oh, you know, also Turner, you're, like he's just going to talk about how many different types of rice there exactly. are. Like, dude, you're cutting his legs even more. Mm-hmm. So you've got a nice, nice acting moment from uh, from Bill, from Will. Yeah, Bill Will from William here, mm-hmm. where he crumples up the card, just, you know, kind of picks it out of the stack, crumples it and tosses it. The the very card noting about the rice that that Mr. Turner just he was excited about off. originally. Yeah. The one thing that he was going to lead off to punch with. 
Well, they don't just sell groceries, they sell dreams. What aisle? <laughs> well, what aisle is Alex, Will Estes, second time out of three, we'll see him at Boy Meets World. Uh, we actually see him returning as Alex here. Last time he was the in turnaround. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah, he was the guy that uh, wanted to uh, take Corey's check me out i'm hot now date uh after the pool incident because you know it's cool to jump in the pool now nice uh, yeah i i do love that alan after a little bit is just anybody get a, a missing didn't get a coupon anyone <laughs> didn't, didn't get, get a, a coupon? coupon yeah and like Corey is just so repulsed like i can't believe this is happening and sean's like hey dude i'm getting so much off on my next shopping list like i'm so excited i've got like 50 cents off of shampoo <laughs> sean's like i'm cool with it yeah yeah so We've got Alan crashing and burning, and then Chet makes an entrance. Sean thought he was going to be out of town. And okay. uh, <laughs> key, key, key line, before you go any further, I have to say this. I love uh, He's like, what does your dad do? He goes, shh, I want to find out. Yes, I want to find out. And there's another moment. I don't remember. I, I clipped. Uh, we'll get into our first clip here in a moment. I don't remember if it's in the clip or not, uh, but I wanted to point out where – Corey has to remind Sean to breathe at one point because Sean is so engrossed in trying to find out what his dad is going to say he does. So mm-hmm. let's let's get into our clip here. Sean, what does your dad do for a living? Shh, I want to find out. <laughs> what do I do for a living? Well, you got one man here makes things with his own two hands. You got another one puts food on America's table. And my hat's off to both of them. Me? Well, it's kind of hard to put your finger on what I do. Sean, you're not breathing. Sorry! (laughs) Mostly I buy and sell things. Sometimes a refrigerator, sometimes a car. Well, once I even sold an entire nation. What I sell best are ideas. That's what I am. I'm an idea man. Well, a few years ago, I had an idea for an all-news TV station going all the time all over the world. You invented CNN? That's exactly what I called it. CNN, Chet's News Network. <laughs> but I made the mistake of yapping to a southern fellow about it on an elevator. Chet is everything I could have ever hoped for for this character through the first two seasons. And every time he shows up, we get a little bit more and a little bit more. And, uh, you know, this is this is Blake Clark. Uh, good looking people. First of 12 times we are going to get to see Chet over the course of Boy Meets World. Well, can we just say, I was like, can we just say real quick that this is a caliber of an actor that we on the show does not get regularly, maybe like an episode, mm-hmm. but not as a recurring important character oh no we might get this as a one-off blake is the type of actor we might get as a one-off but to have him on recurring and for 12 recurrences over the life of the series is just amazing Mm -hmm. 119 acting credits on his resume uh, across series such as MASH, Moonlighting, Who's the Boss, Roseanne, he was in The Mask, uh, The Drew Carey Show, uh, one of my favorites, The Water Boy, uh, 23 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
around the same time as Boy Meets World was running 23 episodes as Harry on Home Improvement. Completely mm-hmm. different character. Uh, 51st Dates, My Name is Earl, Community, Grown Ups, uh, uh, also the same character on Girl Meets World, uh, Last Man Standing, and a whole lot more. He's got some range to it. <laughs> right. Well, and I just I want to take this moment to say my favorite cameo in Girl Meets World is Chet Hunter. Mm-hmm. Like that moment he comes in the second season is just it's everything as a father he wasn't in that moment where in the uh, uh, the later in the show he becomes this ghost version of himself and <laughs> is a better father you know as a ghost uh, than he actually was in real life you know just in that moment just incredible mm-hmm. and I, I think it's because of how good of an actor he is that he can both play for lack of better wording kind of a sleaze ball used car salesman like but then also in this same character, be able to show that there is depth and range and a love that he cannot truly verbalize. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's something I think a lot of maybe like our fathers slash grand grandfathers, you know, those type of men that like really want to share emotions, but we're never taught how to, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of like, well, my son knows. Yeah, and he knows Sean, and he, you know, he does, he does love Sean. We do see that he loves him, and we see he loves Verna, and he just, honestly, he was not raised to be able to show well, and to be able to balance that, and we'll see that as we go through this episode, the next one, even. Well, and to be frank, too, the likelihood of Chet growing up potentially being an abused kid is very high. Oh, very. And having to work very young. Mm -hmm. Like, he, I don't believe Chet Hunter for a single day had an easy life. Oh, no, not at all. Um, There's, there's, a fair amount of evidence here on the in the on the screen on the page for a very cyclical history in the Hunter family. Yeah, <laughs> you know who Chet reminds me of though. Hmm. He he's that type of guy who, man, if only I was the one who was able to get the patent in for, <laughs> I don't know, a special soap that you can use on both your head and and your body, like. Gosh, that was my idea. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, yes, but someone was able to do that. <laughs> I had <laughs> they the made idea the money for the off Big of Mac. it. <laughs> like, just because you have a thought doesn't mean you get to make the money on it. Hey, I was the one that invented milk being in uh, the little uh, plastic containers, you know, at different sporting events. That was my idea. <laughs> Did I get any credit for it? No, because someone at Nestle's got credit for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chet also claims uh, the invention of microwaves for the class. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, Maybe that's yeah. what you start doing around our house. People go, well, it's a good thing we have this. You're, You're welcome. welcome. <laughs> Um, so we get some chat. We also get this episode. Eric and Jason are studying for their SATs. Uh, here we uh, we transition to the cafeteria. They're studying at lunch. All other senses for Eric are completely shut down. And we see this because he spills hot soup in his lap and he does not notice it until Jason points it out. 
This and we is get some great comedy. <laughs> ridiculous, Eric. <laughs> Hello, friend. We'll see you again real soon. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> this, this is truly like Eric season five through seven, like that type of shenanigans. Oh, yes. is this happening is our this first glimpse of that, Eric. And you know what? I'm here for it. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. So Sean and Corey, um, we, we shift out of their table. They're talking about Alan and comparing him to a famous baseball player who made an error that everyone gets to see. I'm thinking that you'll probably reference him in your deep dive, so I won't get too deep into that. Um, I don't, but really? special last minute deep dive, yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll get into it later. Um, I mean, I know the thing by heart, Brett, so it's not hard. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Sean does reveal to Corey that yeah, they're great stories, but that's all they have. And that's why they live in a trailer park, because they're just stories. Well, Corey is enamored. Oh, yeah. And there's always a possibility that he's heard some of like maybe like different type of stories like mm-hmm. this before when he's been over to their house. And yeah, he's truly like, oh, my gosh, your dad's amazing. Mm-hmm. And all yeah. Sean could think is, yeah, but. Your dad's consistent. Yeah, your dad is there. Your dad is home. Your dad brings home a paycheck that you can rely on. My dad has these great stories, but that's all he brings home. And, you know, it's it's something that Corey is kind of hit with, that even though we don't hear those words out loud, Corey is, is processing a lot of that. And then we see Chet has run afoul of Feeney and he claims to be Feeney. I'm George Feeney and I'm the president of this here school. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm George Feeney. <laughs> I just love how immediately we have an angry Feeney. It's one of my favorite versions of Feeney. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But also, Brett, this is clearly <laughs> mid '90s. This could never happen today. Like, if oh, I walk no. into my son's school, I better have a good reason for being there. I am immediately getting the resource officer called on me, and I am gone. Oh yeah, I can't. I can't even get past the door at my son's elementary school without my my driver's license on me. I can't yeah. come into the office, not even just to just to drop something off. They wouldn't even let me in the door. But here Chet's walking around, you know, 1995, sure, different. But Chet's come in. He was in the classroom. He's wandering around the halls between class and lunch. And he's parked in George's spot. And now he's gotten in this tiff with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally yeah. different time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we find out that... Uh Apparently, mobile homes are really easy to move. Yes, they are. And we've got a clip here. Dad, what's going on? Uh, look, buddy, did you, uh, did you kiss your mom this morning? Uh-huh. Good, because it's going to have to last you for a while. What do you mean? Your mother, she took off. Oh, just go home and wait. She always comes back. Oh, not that easy. This time, she took the house. <laughs> See, that's the problem with having a mobile home. It's, uh, uh... You can move it. Maybe she went to get it washed. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we going to do? Oh, we're going to go after. You still got that keen sense of smell? Dad, I can't just ditch classes. I mean, 
I can, but shouldn't I tell somebody? Okay. But I gotta run before that little guy with a mustache has a duck. <laughs> you, your father the cantaloupe man, he's good people. <laughs> the little guy with the mustache has a duck. <laughs> yeah. Well, it shows growth in Sean mm-hmm. that he's like, I have classes. Like, mm-hmm. I can't just leave school. Well, I mean, I could, but like. But shouldn't I, I tell should... someone? <laughs> Right. <laughs> his first instinct is not to cut class anymore. We've seen him go through a time in his life where that would have been. And his yeah. second instinct is to say, okay, I could, but shouldn't I at least let someone know? I mean, he's Sean has grown into someone who's responsible, who understands. You know, just what, two episodes ago, we saw him gain understanding of what it feels like to to reap the rewards of hard work with pop quiz where he knew what he needed to study and what it feels like to earn the grade that you get from knowing the information for the test that's coming up. And that wasn't cheating. He studied, he knew what was, (laughs) he was ready for it and he did good job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we have Sean has, has grown to this point and you know, his uncle Mike called him the scholar of the family in previous episode. We're seeing he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've got we've got the crux of the episode here. <laughs> Verna has left town. She has taken the house with them, and uh, Sean, with his keen sense of smell, is uh, well. Chet is going to have to go search for Verna, and so mm-hmm. here we are. I do love when we get to the Matthews house. <laughs> Eric's like, gosh, it's like something's like up with my back. I can't figure it out. Like something's just not right. He's like, I was like, you have a coat hanger in your shirt. It's the greatest like, trick I've Aww. ever seen. <laughs> oh, but Eric, after, after Alan has pulled that coat hanger out, Eric has this really great conversation with Alan that as much as we hate, that opening sequence with Alan in the classroom, it does show us some honesty that I do believe that there is a part of Alan that based on where we go from here with Alan's character through the next season uh, or so, there is some honesty in what Alan shares with Eric here. So let's listen in. You didn't go to college. Why do I have to go? Because someday your son is going to have a career day. And if you don't go to college, your son's teacher is going to stand up in front of all the cool parents and say, here's the grocer. Go to college. I think I can. Uh, why try? What's the point? We're all just going to die anyway. Well, are we nihilistic? Or should I say vacuitous? If you're so smart, how come you don't understand? Shut up. Let's see. You know something, Dad? I'm going to be okay. I don't need college. I'm going to do very well in the outside world, relying on my street smarts and natural instincts. What's the matter with Eric? Oh, he put his hand on the stove. Again? My fault. I left the iron on. (laughs) How many times has he done that? (laughs) Oh, Eric, Eric, Eric. Oh, don't let Eric and the fact that he has put his hand on the stove multiple times and Amy apparently knows that she shouldn't leave the iron on when he goes upstairs. (laughs) 
I, I do love this honest feedback from both of them. Eric mm-hmm. is upset and he's like, what's the point? I don't see what the point of me going to college is. And Alan and his frustration as well is like, well, figure out a reason because you need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And granted, 30 years ago, going to college was viewed as something that was necessary because you need to go to college to be able to get to better yourself, to be, to become more, to, to become a better earner. So you don't get stuck in what would be viewed as more menial jobs, lesser earning jobs. Now, granted now 30 years later, a lot of those, what would previously be viewed as lesser jobs, you know, your plumbers, your, uh, other, uh, more blue collar type jobs, they're actually pretty higher earning compared to some of the degrees you'll walk out of a four-year college with yeah. that are almost impossible to get a job with just because you have a four-year degree and say philosophy. There's a very small field that you can get hired into with a philosophy degree versus I went to a two-year vocational school for plumbing or HVAC repair and now I can make 60000 a year easy versus I have a four-year degree from a liberal arts university with my philosophy degree that I can only go teach with, basically. Oh, Brett, let's take it one step further. Last year, I had the job for the degree I went to school for, and I literally walked into Walmart after applying, and they offered me a job. Mm-hmm. Um, like for more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's ridiculous to me that we are constantly like one of my biggest gripes now about Boy Meets World is that it was so keen on go to college, go to college, go to college. Mm-hmm. And on some level, I still agree with that because going and getting more knowledge is great. But our society has bought into you have to go to one university or one college and only be at that one. And if you don't graduate from that one all four years, you are a failure when really so many more people would benefit from going to a local community college, doing that for two years, deciding then, do I want to get that four year degree or have I learned enough at my community college that I can just be comfortable earning the associate's degree. Mm -hmm. Honestly, Eric's arc would have been so much a better fit 30 years later today because Eric's arc as a character with the, with the intelligence he has exploring how he could advance after high school would have been so much better and well fleshed out today versus 1995, 96. Yeah. Well, because everything that Eric does from this point forward is I need to get to college and he fails every single time. And even once he's out of school, it feels like he's failing life because he didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at that time, as you said, th- yes, but nowadays you know, technically he would be ahead. Like the amount of people that it frustrates me that they have all the fancy toys like campers and four wheelers <laughs> and all the things that we can't afford because we both went to school. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. That's a, that's a so bigger soapbox for a different <laughs> day, Brett. But yeah, that's, this is Eric's main goal from today until the end of next season is to go to college. Mm-hmm. 
Well, after Eric's gone, Alan and Amy do have a heart to heart where Alan again brings up the same baseball player making the same error that uh, Corey and Sean talk about. Nice little uh, poetic nature there uh, that he's thinking the same thing his son is. Nice little callback to them both being baseball fans. Very little we'll see about that. Yeah. (laughs) But Alan is focused in and uh, he's focused in on this idea of career that he's soared past respectability and has gone on to being boring that his career affords him little in the way of being anything but boring because he's just a grocer and to him someone who was in the navy who was in a band when he was younger who is now a father with two teenagers and a young daughter to him to be boring after all that he's been in his life up to this point is death. I mean, that that's, we're talking to someone who is not far off from a midlife crisis. Even if I hadn't already seen the episodes where he goes into a midlife crisis, I would expect <laughs> it to be coming from him at this point. But the fact that he, could, he, he has become his in his mind his identity has been so entrenched in his career at many times he's gone past respectability he is boring and he wants his children to not be stuck on that path he wants better for them he didn't go to college he sees that that path leads to boring he wants eric to be better than that he wants him to have more than that but you know this is a classic dad move if you will of just Mm -hmm. beating yourself up for all the past decisions that you made and assuming you've made all the wrong choices and i love that amy's trying to encourage him but it just kind of feels like this is one of those times where it doesn't matter what she says to him like he's not going to get out of it yeah you know I mean, my wife gets and I get in that every now and then of where I'm just kind of really down on myself and she's like but you're such a good dad I'm like I get statistically I am, <laughs> but in this moment, I don't feel that. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, so I've it's, never. It's hard to get there. out of those train of thoughts. <laughs> yeah. It, once you get in there, it's, it's very hard to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Corey comes in the kitchen, wonder if Sean called and then fills uh, Alan and Amy and Alan thinking, Hey, she's left before, but this time dad, not with the house. Not a good sign. And then from upstairs, the lights flicker. Uh, Eric screams. He's fine. He's fine. Your son is fine. He just needs some ice. (laughs) (laughs) Got to throw that in there because there's some comedy there. Um, Oh, yes. But uh, we move over to Turner's apartment. He's on a date with Kat. (laughs) You mean Mr. Turner's place. Get a little. Get some saxophone in the background. Uh And... uh, and the and, nick-nick cut <laughs> yes the nick-nick cut is here but cat wants to define the relationship oh nick-nick cut over <laughs> yes the record stops the needle needle has scratched um but uh turner is saved because sean knocks on the door <laughs> okay but can we can we talk about this for just real one real moment oh yeah all she's trying to ask him for is are we 
going further than just we're hanging out like is this what we are Mm -hmm. do you see this going to engagement or moving in together engagement marriage children like do you see that for yourself because that's what i see Mm -hmm. and it's like don't waste my time if that's not what you see and i i like that she before he opens the door she's like i need to know if you're willing to commit like what are you willing to commit to and i love that sean is there and is basically like i'm willing to commit to sean mm-hmm. yeah so and i was you can, you can continue i'm assuming you have a clip that you want to play oh no i don't have a clip i, w- oh. I was going through my notes uh a little back and forth because i was trying i i was um I was getting my notes mixed between this episode and the next one because uh, uh, next one she it, it, there's a lot of crossover in those conversation between this episode and the next episode for them. But no, Shonda's Shonda show up interrupts all of this uh, deep conversation about defining the relationship. Cat wants more. Jonathan is of course the confirmed bachelor, not ready to give more. And. Uh, Boy, you teachers sure work late. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Turner, but I didn't know you guys had personal lives. Yeah. <laughs> nice little moment there. But uh, Cat leaves, uh, Miss Topkin leaves, and Sean... Uh, <sighs> Sean is really just fishing for any excuse to have some human contact here. Because yeah. he wants to know when they'll get around to reading Hemingway. <laughs> Um, you know, that's not till next year. He lets, uh, he tells, uh, Turner that he's staying at the hotel down the block that his dad left money from to stay at the hotel. This is a hotel that, um, you know, this is not a great hotel. <laughs> you have no. to pay extra to get TV. This is not the, the type of hotel you want a teenager at. Oh, no. Motel. Not, not but, with you, not by themselves. Yeah. Well, and it feels like. He is looking for a moment of stability, yeah. a moment where he let his guard down. He can just be an innocent 13, 14 year old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because, I mean, even though like, say, for your kids, especially your, your two oldest, even though they're big kids now and good golly, they can eat like big kids. <laughs> like I, I watched as both of them at different points needed reassurance and stability of, you know, like I, I can let my guard down. I can be relaxed. I can be loose and everything is okay. You know, and just the fact that Sean essentially was told be an adult right now, like it's so much mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. And it's so Turner invites him to, you know, to have a meal, stick around, have something to eat, you know, sit on the couch, watch some TV that you don't have to pay for. And Sean falls asleep on the couch. And, you know, there's this nice little moment there. I talk, he sleeps. It's like class. (laughs) Uh, You know, Turner puts a blanket over him. Yeah, it's it's great, great moment where you see this, just this caretaker uh, moment for for Jonathan where he's yeah there's this student he cares about and it's not just a student teacher relationship this is an adult who's seen a teenager that he cares about and he wants yeah. to be there for him I mean 
let's be frank. Sean is his quote unquote favorite. Like he is the mm-hmm. one that he is trying desperately to get interested in education. Oh yes, totally. Yeah. And I just, I love this conversation that Feeney and Turner have afterwards of, you know, like, what, what was I supposed to do? Like, I, I didn't know what the best answer was. Yeah. And I and- love that Feeney's response is, if I was put in the situation, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, and I clipped some of it. George, what was I supposed to do? His old man dumps him off at this flea bag motel and takes off. I was not about to wake the kid up and take him back there. Where is he now? Well, I dropped him off at the Matthews. Well, I'm sure Sean's father... Frightening man, isn't he? <laughs> I'm sure he'll be able to find his way back home. After all, if a pigeon can do it... <laughs> But I would be careful, though, Jonathan. It's a fine line between authority figure and chum. I know that, George, but come on, really. What would you have done? I truly don't know. It's not often we see Mr. Feeney admitting that he doesn't know something. Yeah. Especially when it comes to interacting with students. Yeah. Well, it's it's that moral gray that that Feeney does not live in his, his generation was not raised to live in any gray whatsoever. You have your mm-hmm. line, you are a teacher or you are a friend or you are a neighbor, but you are not to mm-hmm. mix all those things. It's a fine line tread softly. Yes. And it's, uh, they're strong and wise words. And I admire that Turner takes those words to heart because Amy comes out and lets them know that Chet is here because Alan's come out to offer, hey, uh, you know, I can come in and sedate the kids anytime you need. Yeah, I, I love that they're having a because they're almost having like, it's like one of the first times they're really having a meeting of the minds, you know, mm-hmm. of all of them are kind of just in this like, I don't know where what we should do. But Alan wants to break some of the tension, be like, hey, you know, if you ever want me to send them in to snore, I'm like. I can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so Chet's here. He want, And they all, well, not, not they all. George stays in, on his side of the fence. But Alan and Mr. Turner go in. They're going to talk to him. Uh, Sean and Corey, they're upstairs talking in uh, Corey's room about the living arrangement. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, everyone winds up in the living room. Uh, but not before we we do get a peek that Sean is yearning for more permanence in his living arrangement, because even though the motel's not great, he tells Corey that at least the motel won't drive away. Yeah, uh, that's the heartbreaking part about Sean Hunter's life mm-hmm. is that just this true abandonment issues that we're going to feel for years with him as we're, we're, we're within his story. And even mm-hmm. in the girl meets world as well, that abandonment is still part of it. It's almost like he never got counseling, which he should have done. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, how hopeful he is like, see, yeah, my dad's here. Like everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but even that, as soon as he comes down, he realizes he's really not the primary reason that Chet's here because his mom gave Chet the slip again. And so we get into the meat of why Chet is there, and it, it's this. Adam, I consider you a friend. Alan. I respect you. Yes, sir, you're the heartbeat of America. 
people can count on you. You got roots. I like that. Where is this heading? I need a favor. My wife, Verner, she's, she's out there. My heart's out there with her. Not to mention my wallet and major credit card. But she is my wife, and go after her I must. And the favor? Take care of my boy. Now you don't have to answer right now. Well, yes, you do. So Chet's going to look for Verna, but he doesn't want to take Sean with him. And Sean is hurt by that. It's a no-win situation for Sean. Mm -hmm. Because regardless, his his dad is going to leave, and he's either stuck at the Matthews's or he's going to be on the road with his dad, and his dad really doesn't want him there. Yeah. Yeah, it's... There's there's no good answer for Sean. And Chet tries to tries to defuse it. Few days, couple of weeks tops, call in every night. Kinda get the feeling that that's not how it's gonna work out, considering he only brings stories home and Sean already knows that that's all he brings home. Oh, I think Sean knows that this is a lie. He's oh, he's yeah. not gonna call him hardly at all. Yeah. But be that as it is, Sean is going to be moving in with Matthews, and uh, that's that's the plan. Sean's going to move in. Chet's going to go look for Verna, and uh, you know they're going to take uh, Chet's going to take Sean out to to get him another shirt, um, which is odd because in the next episode he's still wearing the same shirt. But that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there is. Um, there are two other brief conversations. And by the way, all this happens while Eric runs into a tree out in the front yard that's always been there and gets yeah, nosebleed. Eric is not doing well this episode. <laughs> Eric is literally hurting himself. And then Jason's saying, he's fine. Everything's fine. How long's that tree been out there? <laughs> but there are two very brief conversations that Alan has to bookend this, uh, the meat of this episode here. You know, Alan, Chet was right about one thing. You're a good man. Dad? Hmm? Uh, listen. I never really thanked you for coming to school yesterday. Ah, uh, no problem. Sorry I couldn't compete with that guitar player and that foot doctor. <laughs> well, that's only because you left out the most important thing you do. What's that? What you do after work. I mean, around here, for us, for our friends. Ah, uh, Cora, that's nothing. It's everything, Dad. I mean, I was thinking I was the son of a grocer, but now I know what I really am is, well, the son of my father. Thanks. It's a little clunky, mm -hmm. but the main point he's trying to make is he's proud of his dad. And mm -hmm. when you have a good dad, you have to remember to say to your dad, you're a good dad. Mm-hmm. And appreciate those moments when they flubbed it. But just the fact that they were there to flub it is what is important to you. Yeah. And it's it's not something that I say often enough, but I do try and make it a point to always let my dad know that I appreciate the things that he did for me growing up, the things he taught me, the ways he was there for me, because I know that uh, – especially having been a father myself of teenagers, of young children, of uh, that 
it's it's tough in a lot of ways that you don't realize going into it and that there are so many thankless days and you know i've never been a grocer i've never been feeling like i blew my chance during uh a career day but i can definitely sympathize with alan feeling like i don't measure up and to have those days where my kids do share that they appreciate what I do or give to them, I, you know, that that clunky moment as Hollywood as it is, the emotion that comes behind it, that's, you know, that's that's real. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've thought quite a bit, you know, like because my son is starting to get to that point of. Being more aware of things and knowing the things he actually wants, like he he is obsessively wanting a switch. And I truly desperately want to work so I can make that happen. But like just hearing his disappointment of like, I just I want a switch. And it's like, I don't know how to communicate. And I'm like, buddy, if I could give you a switch right this moment, I would have given it to you five years ago. Like, it's just as as much as you want to give your kid everything you just can't Mm -hmm. um and so i can only imagine that as a kid i would say things like well i want to do this i want to do that i want to do this i want to do that it's like buddy (laughs) we got a bunch of people to feed how do you want us to afford it (laughs) you know and not truly understanding the concept of money and Sometimes making your parents feel bad because they can't give you the thing, quote unquote, you desperately have to have. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, I, I, as much as I often have can, and I feel like I annoy my dad more often than not. I go, seriously, thank you. You helped me rebuild my whole entire house. It's not done yet, but we are living here. So thank <laughs> you. So dear listeners out there, good looking people. Thank your dads. And your mom. Yes, and not just on Father's Day and Mother's Day. <laughs> yes, not just those <laughs> or days. Their birthdays. When you're done with this, send your parents a text message, call them, go to their house, say, you know, Dad's Dad's Meat World said I have to thank you, so I'm thanking you, and then yes. go tell them to listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, just thank them. You don't have to do the other part. Yeah. So then we move out to the tag, and uh, Eric and Jason apparently the. Uh, the learn the studying for the SATs at least for the vocabulary has been paying off. I must say I am reveling in the mastication of these tasty comestibles. <laughs> Superlative victuals. <laughs> and the libations. Yeah. At least until uh, Jason points out that there is a math section to the SAT. At which point. Eric gets so freaked out that he winds up throwing his entire lunch tray on Mr. Feeney, who then shares that he hates SAT time. And that's my good looking people out there is an episode. I cannot believe that Eric is not aware that is both <laughs> verbal and math. How is it possible? Um, How? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. I just, I don't, I don't understand. Tyler. I don't understand. Episode's got an episode. (laughs) Yeah. It's just for the joke. But Tyler, while we're here, let's hear some deep dives. People, people. 
people, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? I want to get first started, Brett, and talk a little bit more about Mr. Blake Clark, if that's okay with you. Oh, that's always good with me. The man has just been in so many movies, so many TV shows. I wanted to take a few minutes just to speak just a little bit more about him and even give you the room of there's if any characters of his you'd like to talk about just for a brief second, like as as simple as him being in several Adam Sandler movies as the old wise character or <laughs> as the uh, redneck coach who can't say a word like the guy is just in so much. We well, you know one of the things that uh, I didn't point out that a lot of people will probably recognize him, not realize is he's the voice of Slinky Dog from Toy Story, the Toy Story franchise. Uh huh. I believe starting in. The, it was uh, the third movie he became the voice of Slinky. Mm-hmm. Was yeah, not, I don't think he's credited in the first two. Uh, yeah, before then, I, if I if if memory serves, the original voice actor for the first two had passed away. He took over. Yes. Well, now yeah. you're gonna drive me crazy. I need to figure out who that was. <laughs> Probably my two favorite uh, characters that he had played outside of Boy Meets World are Farmer Fran from The Water Boy. Just because it is so far out there, this man is just cannot say two words, can't say a word of proper English, and <laughs> he's just so full of life. But also, my first experience with Blake Clark was when I was watching Home Improvement and I met him as Harry owner of Harry's Hardware and one of Tim Taylor's best friends. Yep. And just, it's such a completely different character in every way from Chet. And it's just seeing those side by side. It's just, it just amazes me still to this day. Just, and he's playing them both in roughly the same time frame uh, that he's being able to guest star in these two series, uh, being able to go back and forth. Shout out to him even uh, for his one-off guest appearance on Community in, in uh, oh my gosh. 2010 when he was uh, Coach Bogner. Uh, good-looking people, if you have never experienced the joy that is Community, please do. It is fantastic. But in season one, uh, he is this PE teacher who teaches pool. And... Uh, <laughs> There are shades of Chet in there, but it's very much its own original, its its own different character, and it winds up in a man to man showdown at the pool table with Jeff Winger over whether or not Jeff has to wear the traditional PE gym shorts to shoot pool for the the PE class or not and it's just it's just ridiculously silly and still just a fantastic episode at the same time <laughs> yeah. well one of the things i wanted to talk about was his role in 51st dates mm-hmm. he literally is almost in every single adam sandler movie roughly oh yeah there's always these like uh a small role for him but this is like one of the most meatiest roles he has in an adam sandler movie mm-hmm. and he does a great job of just kind of playing this 
worn down, exhausted dad. And mm-hmm. is just in a really bad situation of almost his own prison that he made for himself. And he was doing all of it because he loved his daughter. Yep. And, and there's a moment in the movie where he simply just yells out to his son. We had a bad day. And, and they know that when they're having a bad day, it's just, it's reliving all the trauma and everything. And it's the, the gut punch of the movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's this father who loves his daughter so much, he'll literally do the same thing every single day. And, and when she goes to bed, he'll redo everything again. And it's just, it's puts on full display of what it means to be a dad mm-hmm. in a really ridiculous way. Because as, as dads, we are willing to do things every single day, the same way, always trying to just keep our children happy, sane, and safe. And he, he does a fantastic job of portraying that. And also just every actor he is against in almost every movie, he almost steals the show. Like when he comes in as Chet Hunter, he owns the room. Oh, so yes. it's just incredible. Like <laughs> another one is in Mr. Deeds when he plays father of the football player. <laughs> he forces <laughs> his son to call to apologize and <laughs> Use this belt on his grown son. <laughs> no, daddy, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I. This is one of those actors that we could spend so much time just talking about him. And just mm-hmm. there's so many really great actors out there that are so good that don't get the recognition like they should. And I feel like Blake Clark is one of those people. Like he mm-hmm. should be more recognized in the pantheon of actors and maybe won't ever get his just due as how good and talented he actually is. Oh, he probably won't, unfortunately. Yeah. So we here at Dazme World appreciate you, uh, Blake Clark. If this ever gets to you, uh, we'd yes. love to talk to you. Blake, if you uh, never earn that Emmy or Oscar, know that you are on our Mount Rushmore here at Dazme World. We should have a Dazme World Rewards called the Daddies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. <laughs> oh, side note. It was Jim Varney who was Slinky Dog in the first two yes. Toy Stories. Yeah. I did look that up, but I then I kicked me off. So. Not. <laughs> I couldn't believe I forgot that. I love Jim Varney. Yes. Now, so to get to my next thing, I don't have in 1995 the salary of a grocery store manager. I do have today, though. And so nationwide, we're looking at about $23 an hour. In Pennsylvania, it's about $20 an hour. So not too far off. Now, I am not 100% sure if this is including things like Walmart or other giant brands or if it's just more, you know, localized, like just grocery stores. Like even local places nowadays have so many more things than just groceries, which is annoying. But, you know. It's all part of it. Pennsylvania ranks 36 out of 50 states nationwide a grocery store manager salary. That's sad. It's only $3 off, so that's not horrible. I still just can't believe that Alan didn't have, like, discounted drinks or discounted candy. Like, there's so many things he could have done. I mean, seriously, just even a handful of dented cans just for fun. Yeah, exactly. Or show how you could dent a can and get the thing off for him. All right. So, Brett, what is a luthier? 
Well, it's a craftsman who builds and repairs string instruments that have a neck or a sound box. The word luthier is originally French that comes from the word lute. And the term originally used the make of lute. It became used in the French for maker of most bowed and plucked stringed instruments such as the violin family. Luthiers, however, do not make harps or pianos. These are quite different skills required for construction of those instruments. So you may be asking yourself, Brett, what type of salary does a luthier have? Hmm. Well, apparently in Pennsylvania, if you're good at what you do, you could make about uh, 46000 a year, which is not bad if someone has a bookstore and also has a uh, luthier business. Who knows? And, well, actually, hold on. Hold the phone. Apparently, in Philadelphia, someone, the average is about 49. So it's even higher in Philadelphia. Now, I would argue, if you're making guitars for Bruce Springsteen, that's probably very low end. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Clearly, one of the highest areas for a luthier would be, like, California. Apparently, New Jersey is also on that list, too. So, Because, you know, people make music in California. So, Brett, I just want us to give us a little bit of information on what is a career day. Yes, this is the title of the episode. It's pretty darn important. So, uh, career day gives students an up-close look at different career paths and connects their learning to the real world. Community members and leaders come into the classroom and share insights in their career and details about necessary education and training for careers. Now, here are three reasons, Brett, why someone should do a career day, whether it be a teacher or the school itself. Nurture career exploration. So, you know, gives people the opportunity of, hey, these are the things that pique my interest. You know, how can that be a career for myself? Give students a firsthand look. You know, it's often that you, you read about careers, but, you know, unless they're in their eyesight, baseball players, artists, you know, th- there's certain careers that we only look at as kids. And then after a while we go, oh, there's other things that you can do in the world besides be a famous person and connect with the community. Oftentimes, Brett, the amount of people that were from our community that would come in and share about the things that are career based in school was always quite helpful. And one of the things that I keep hearing more and more as I get older is that networking with people and having a general bank of just different people that you're involved with and know and different connections, you know, sometimes is a big key and who people trust and how they know you and who people know. And sometimes a reference can make or break someone. So if people know who you are and can vouch, say, hey, at least they're from a good family or whatever, that that's a big thing. So yeah, that's career day, Brett. All right. So this came up in the episode. So I thought we should look into this, Brett. So what's the difference between a Presbyterian and a Lutheran? (laughs) Well, over the past 500 years, that's a big question that has come up. And so here's the big old difference there, Brett. Martin Luther was a founder of the Lutheranism. And the French Reformed John Calvin founded Presbyterianism. The tradition agrees on doctrine and the Trinity and the inspiration of Scripture and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They disagree on doctrine like the uh, predestination and the Lord's Supper. Presbyterians, Presbyterian and Lutherans have more in common than not relative to Roman Catholic Church and other Presbyterian traditions like Baptists and Methodism and Assemblies of God. These comparisons are in a chart that is down below that we're not going to read. Oh, and 
Sorry, I didn't read this before, but John Calvin technically started the Presbyterian Church. And there are certain sections of the Presbyterian Church uh, that we became very familiar with at the college that we are part of, the <laughs> Reformed Presbyterian Church. That is very firm on the stance that you are predestined for things, and no matter what, you are predestined, and there's nothing you can do about it. That is the way things are. However... Lutherans partially don't agree with that, and they are a little closer to Catholicism in, in the way that they approach things such as communion and uh, what their understanding is a certain, wow, blank. Sacraments? Yeah, sacraments. So that's just a small little deep dive into that. There's so much into every single different denomination and what makes them different that I don't really want to get into. I just thought it was hilarious that... <laughs> Sean thought he said Lutheran. He goes, well, I'm a Presbyterian. So Sean is a Presby of Frozen Chosen. Yes. So you had made a comment there, Brett, about a certain situation. So let's talk about it. Bill Buckner is a famous baseball player. He played for the Cubs. He played for the uh, Red Sox. He had 2,715 hits, uh, 174 home runs and he had about 1208 RBIs with a career batting average of about 289 which for the era that he played from 1969 to 1990 is pretty dang good like it's not until after the 90s where you have to be like over 300 to be considered amazing like in this era he is Pretty darn good. So Bill Buckner is probably most famous for one moment uh, that occurred in a uh, World Series game. It was game six against the Mets in 1986. I uh, guess there it is. I'll just go ahead and read it. In 1986, uh, the Red Sox were leading the heavily favored New York Mets three games to two. And the sixth game went into extra innings for this part. Buckner had just batted. And then I think... <laughs> A uh, ball slid under Bill Buckner's glove. Now, there is a really good documentary on it called 30 for 30 and, and talks about this moment um, in, in line with the uh, situation happening at Chicago. Got Chicago Cubs player got in the way. People don't like him. Same thing with Bill Buckner. And they actually did a really cool replay where they digitally did everything and showed like what actually happened. And essentially what what we learn is that Bill Buckner really liked to have a loose glove is the way he described it. Almost like it not really being on his hand. And so he went to make the play and part of his gloves kind of flopped down where he should the ball should be going into. And it just missed completely so his hand was there everything was solid the glove just turned in and that's why they lost but people for years so you know i i i live with a boston red sox fan if i say the name <laughs> bill buckner my wife kind of has a panic in her eyes you know my father-in-law is a uh, boston red sox fan so yeah it's it's real it's legit it's a thing like this is a person that people did not like and there was big fallout and it's all part of the legend of the curse of the bambino and trust me good looking people there's plenty of sports documentaries out there that can talk specifically about the curse of the bambino and a good rom-com about uh <laughs> someone's addiction being watching that play over and over again. <laughs> it's 
a classic. And those, Brett, are your deep dives. All right. Well, let's talk about... You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? What did we learn today? Tyler, what did you learn today from Career Day? I think the big thing for me that I have to remind myself, and it's, it's a good example in this episode, of if you're consistent as a parent, if you're providing for your kids, and they know they're loved, you're doing your job. Mm-hmm. You're not always going to get it right. You're not always going to do things perfectly. And your kids aren't always going to be happy with things you do. But it's going to be okay. And stop getting so hard on yourself. <laughs> it's a great lesson. And uh, to, to add on to that, don't confuse your job with your role as a parent. That they are yep. separate entities. And as important as your job may be to put food on the table for your family or even to provide in other ways, it is not as important as your role as a parent is. Yeah. So, good looking people. I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So, am I done with my education? Can I go? Tyler and I are going to grade career day. So, uh, Tyler, what do you think? How do we grade career day this week? Here is my problem with this, Brett. (laughs) On one hand, this is a good, solid standalone episode. But it's essentially a part one to the ending story of the show of this season. (laughs) So, like, is this a great episode? Does this do everything I want it to do? Is it great? Yeah. But uh, every time I watch this episode, I have to watch the next one mm-hmm. because it's the the end of the story. Like, in a way, this is an episode that almost doesn't have a real ending because we're going to get to the ending next week. So in this logic that I'm trying to understand and as your wife always messes with me of, well, what's the rubric? What does it make sense? And it's like, (laughs) this, this episode deserves an A, but I have to give it a B Mm -hmm. because it's, it's an incomplete story. Mm. You know, like uh, on the whole, it's a great episode and everything about this episode says to me, this probably is an A, but I'm giving it a B because it's it's not we know the story's not done. We can't ride off into the sunset of the boys are gonna have this great summer because everything's gonna be fine now. Like we know that can't be the case. Like Sean is not going to have that fulfillment and the wholeness he needs by being at the Matthews's. Mm-hmm. So it's a B. Stand yeah, by I, I agree with a lot of that. It's uh it does a lot of heavy lifting, but it doesn't it doesn't f- run across the finish line i'm giving it a b plus um it gets the plus for me because it's been a couple of weeks since we've had any real meat for alan to deal with and even though we had to do some real headcanon work to get alan into where he needed to be at the start what we get midway through 
where he's finally talking to Amy about what's really going on inside. And what we get with him and Corey at the end is what what we've really wanted to see for two or three episodes. Yeah. That we've wanted even just 30 to 60 seconds up for the last couple episodes. And so that's where we get the extra beef, the extra plus for me. All right, fine. Give me a plus as well. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you don't have I to guess do I forgot we've I been do. complaining about that for the past couple <laughs> episodes. <laughs> all right, so B plus is all around. Well, before we go, I've got a dad joke for you. The penultimate dad joke of the season. <laughs> Your last dad joke of the season? That's right. Last night after dinner, my wife asked if I could clear the table. I needed a running start, but I made it. Very nice. (laughs) Well, they want you to take the rolls. Good looking people. It's been a pleasure this week talking about career day and how you too can be the son of a grocer. Yes. But it's time for us to (laughs) it's time for us to go take a break for one more week. And uh, you can reach out to us on social media at Dad's Meat World at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You can leave us comments. You can uh, chime in and uh, leave us your ratings, all kinds of stuff. Send us an email at dadsmeatworld at gmail.com. We are finishing next week the season two. Oh, my gosh. How would this happen? <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, if you want a super soft shirt like Tyler has at home, you can uh, visit dadsmeatworld.threadless.com and pick up uh, one of our swanky shirts or stickers. Son of a nutcracker. <laughs> shirts, stickers, mugs, whatever we put our stuff on. So, Tyler, next week we're going to find out just how well Sean does at the Matthews's. I have a prediction. I have one, too. We'll see which one of us is right. Exactly. <laughs> Without telling anyone what our predictions are. We'll see you next time, good-looking people. They That's want right. you to take the roles! They want you to take the roles! You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios. Tell your story. Ready to go? I was born ready. Ah, yes, there all of the updates. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I should try to silence this. I don't know how to. Though. <laughs> you just made it quiet. There we go. Okay. Talking to the microphone now, dummy. Hello, dummy. <laughs> One second, Sarah's going to get ice. Okay. <laughs> I don't want cookies. All right. If I can get these stupid things to pop up the way I need them to.
Then we can get started. I hate technology. <laughs> we're gonna just wait a second. It's being difficult. If we're truly okay, right now, I'm just whoop. Where to go? What happened? What I was looking at is not helpful. Anyway, in the <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the game, when they should like.